You're listening to the Todd Rod God Pod, a podcast hosted by Pastor Todd Rodarmel and Drew Tilton, where we explore ideas of faith and what it means to have a sustainable spirituality. So I am here with my good friend that many of you may know, Jonathan Stevens, and uh, he is with us. He is my good friend and colleague in ministry, and we have been talking about issues related to, um, gosh, everything from (laughs) mainly uh, churches meeting and um, dealing with pandemics and dealing with politics and how do we how do we hold to the the things that we have in common and our center and not divide over the other things, but how do we honor each other in the middle of it? And so we've had some, some good conversations about this and we are going to try to to have some of this discussion here with you. So I'll introduce, this is Jonathan Stevens. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> hey, there you are. So yeah, um, Jonathan, I, we, yeah. How have you been? I know there's a lot of people that are just kind of wondering how's Jonathan doing? Um, yeah, well, I'm give doing us, great. Give us a little I've, update. Uh, I've got uh, three girls now. Um, when I left there, I had one, and wow. uh, that you was are only <laughs> and that was only three years ago. So uh, I guess almost four years ago now. But um, so yeah, they're all young and keeping us busy when lack of sleep is a norm. And uh, but they're what are their ages they're now? Beautiful. Uh, so Louisa just turned four, Isabella just turned two, and Sophia is about nine months. So that's wow. my babies. <laughs> you have got your hands. Melissa's full. doing great. Yeah, everybody's everybody's good. Everybody's good, and we're in that's Illinois good. now. Man, that is so much closer than uh, Japan. Japan. Yes, so much closer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, still not close enough. We wish you were uh, close enough to to commute to church on weekends, but uh, we'll take it. Well, and it was it was the plan before COVID hit to try to make a trip out there and uh, at least see everybody. And of course, that along with a million other plans got uh, got canceled. So here we are. Canceled this year? Yeah, imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine that. Oh well. Hey, we have been talking about this idea um, of conscience, and uh, you know, I, I I wrote something about it a little bit last week after our discussion um, when I was thinking about Thanksgiving, and you know, people trying to figure out how do we celebrate Thanksgiving, and you know, a lot of people have a very um, I don't know a conscience that's that's sensitive to wanting to to keep the the rules and wanting to do things the right way. And, um, you know, and and there was a sensitivity for people of like, we can't go to Thanksgiving or have, you know, a certain amount of people, we've got to do it a certain way. And, and then other people were kind of feeling like, you know, I, I can't let the, you know, the government tell me what to do, whether I can have Thanksgiving or not. And I think both arguments I think could be made from, um, I don't know, just from there, there could be reasonable arguments on, on different sides of an issue of that issue. And, uh, as we've been talking about, how do we, 
how do we honor those in authority? And at the same time, how do we, you know, honor people's differences of opinion? You've had some thoughts on this that I just, I have learned a lot from you. And I just, I wanted to, to just kind of pick your brain about some of that and, and see how that, um, that just plays into our life and the moment we find ourselves in, in this cultural moment of trying to be Christians and walk, um, you know, faithfully in our, in our Christian faith and in our citizenship in, you know, kind of our dual citizenship as, as citizens of the United States and also as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And how do we, how do we just walk that out? So, yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I so feel like that there's, yeah, I feel like there's a, um, a context that has to be addressed or at least we have to to think about it in <laughs> the challenges that we're facing are happening in a specific context and right now there is a more divided country i think than we've ever had definitely in my lifetime and and um you know apart from uh, the Civil War, something I guess could be arguably the uh, the worst in our country's history of just this mm-hmm. divide. And there's a lot of factors that go into it, you know, with social media. And I don't know if you ever uh, did you ever see that uh, documentary? I, I don't remember what it was called. I think uh, Social Dilemma oh, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Social Dilemma. And, yeah, that. And wow. and it kind of touched on um, you know how even though it wasn't intended to, to create this, um, being on social media, it's feeding you stuff that naturally agrees with, with what you would want to see because the goal is just to keep you on. And it's kind of, you know, I'm forgive me for, uh, you know, (laughs) condensing their entire argument. And I'm sure (laughs) in a way that's rough and, they they would there's probably lots wanna... of nuances, but yeah, it is, <laughs> right. it, it is designed to keep your attention, and so you end up creating these kind of feedback loops where you keep hearing and surrounding yourself with people that think like right. you, and then you you're so surprised e- e- that people think differently. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. so you you get lost, and you're so um, funneled into seeing things in one particular way. And not only are you are you directed to see things in a in a certain way, you're also directed to see those who disagree with you in a very negative light, and also often in a like as if they're irrational because mm. you're you're hearing so much of why this is true, and uh, you're not getting anything that would counter that or or disagree with it, and so. Um, yeah, it it creates this this divide of of thought and perspective that um, is then laced with a touch of uh, hatred, animosity. I, I don't know what uh, what the exact word to use is, but it, it's not just a friendly disagreement, is what I'm getting at, and mm-hmm. uh, and so it's creeped into every pocket of society. And again, I'm not saying that social media is the, is the enemy here. It's just a tool, you know? Right. Um, But, but it has unintended consequences that maybe weren't part of the design, but have 
you know, since become part of the problem. Absolutely. So it was a great documentary kind of opened up um, the, uh, the conversation about those things. But I think where it hits the church um, is, you know, we're, we're called to be in the world and not of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think kind of what that looks like in this, in this context is, <laughs> yes, we are, um, you know, citizens here, we, we are engaged in the things that they're engaged at, but we're not allowing it to have the effect on us or, or we're intentional about not um, succumbing to, <laughs> I don't know exactly how to say it, but what, what it's creating, the divide that it's creating uh, all throughout scripture. You know, Christ is um, calling us to unity, you know, in his mm-hmm. prayer that we would be one, even as he and the Father are one, you know, that um, uh, and really all throughout Scripture, even in the Old Testament, uh, going all the way back to the Tower of Babel and the power of unity, you know, it's this powerful concept, but then, uh, you know, with the life of Christ in it, it's a message to the world. Our unity um, is, I don't know, what what sets us apart. Our, our unity mm. of love is what sets us apart. Yeah. And it's what yeah. shows the rest of the world that's, that's sucked into this div- <laughs> divisive, divisive, I never know how to say that word. Uh, but um, You, yeah, you this, can go either way. I, I, I love it. <laughs> this this divisive culture um yeah so yeah so that's one i i feel like well, that's so, the context that is happening in yeah no that that's the context of it and and for us to try to uh to see each other and to have any meaningful um meaningful dialogue uh and not just either avoid talking about issues because it seems like there's nothing else to talk about except things that are <laughs> potentially <laughs> divisive uh, these days. Um, but 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 how do we? Um, yeah, how do we walk together as it? Especially in a church where, like for instance, in our context, we're trying to um, trying to get through a pandemic where people have different perspectives on you know masks and distancing and all the different things and trying not to get caught in the details of trying to argue about who's right and who's wrong and whose perspective is right and whose perspective is wrong but at the same time find common ground where we can actually meet together in a way that's safe and that feels comfortable for for people and that provides options for people and then in the middle of that have like the government kind of changing you know like here's here's like a a policy of how we're going to do things and then oh we're going to change it and then it seems like it's maybe uh uh, not i don't know in some places in some ways fair to churches and some that are saying gosh the church can't listen to that to the government and let the government take control of that because that's violating our first amendment rights and then other people that are saying well no we you know romans 13 says we need to obey the government and the authorities that are over us so there's this tension of how do we walk that out? And I mean, we feel it on our our staff, our leadership team in the church, trying to figure out how do we walk through this together faithfully as Christians 
And, um, you know, maybe you could, like, you're, you're somebody that's articulated very well the idea of authority, and maybe you could speak to, you know, Romans 13 and, you know, the authorities that exist and how um, two different sides might interpret. Sure. Interpret. Sure, that. yeah. Yeah, as you know, authority is a big issue <laughs> that God God really had to uh, teach me a lot about, um, <laughs> and I'm pretty passionate about it. I, I think that's um, I think that's where the divide happens. It is when is how we view authority and what perspective we have, or where we perceive that the authority is. Um, I think that's what divides us. So uh, just a general principle about authority is that unity, the unity that we were talking about before, and authority yeah. are are absolutely linked. Um, so there, there cannot be unity if there's not an agreed upon uh, authority. There can't be um, because you'll, you'll follow uh, one authority and I'll follow another. Right. And so how can we be unified? We can we can be in alignment until there's um, a divergent or a di um, until there's yeah a difference of where the authorities that we're looking at are going. And, and so um, in order for there to be unity, there has to be an agreed upon authority. And once mm -hmm. we have agreement on our authority. Now we can have unity. We do have unity. It's it's like that's what creates the unity is when we have an agreed upon authority. And so um, that being said, authority is not always as cut and dry as we'd like it to be. Uh, it's, it's not always as easy to um, understand where the authority really is. And so mm -hmm. one like, thing about authority – so when you say an agreed upon authority, so Christians, theoretically, because we believe Jesus is Lord, he's the ultimate authority. If right. we have agreement on that, that gives us a starting point to build unity off of that we both submit to the same authority of Christ. Right. right? And so with with Christ as our agreed upon authority, we do have unity. <laughs> but because the enemy so works against us in that realm. And wants to divide us, he has to divide us on um, this on the, on the playing field of authority. And so, even if we say, "Yes, I agree that Christ is the authority," and then I agree that Christ is the authority, but then we have different opinions about uh, what Christ would have us do in any given situation, right? And right, so, right. the uh, the enemy drives the divide there uh, to where it's like, "Well, you're serving a different Christ than I am," because you know, my God would never do this or my God would never do that. And that's anytime you hear anybody say my God would never, it, it's, you know, <laughs> if it's, if it's a God that you judge and you control, then it's not really God, right? You, mm. you are God if, if that's the case. So, um, in order to both submit to Christ, like I said, the enemy is going to try to divide us on well, what will Christ have us doing in this situation? And so just for just to lay the groundwork of kind of principle on authority, mm -hmm. authority is 
in, in the world, right? Uh, authority is never held by a person. Authority is always held by a position. Uh, people don't have authority. Positions have authority. The only, the only person who has authority is God, right? Uh, he's the only person who has authority, the only one who can speak and by virtue of him saying it, it happens. That's authority. That's real authority. He's the only one who has it. The only person who has it. And he set up this okay, structure. So in, in and of himself, he has authority in his being. And so every Correct. other authority is derivative from that by, by delegation, right? He's delegated it. So. Correct. He, he set up okay. a structure, uh, a structure of authority. And it's, it's these positions of authority and people come in and out of the position, right? So you might have a boss at some point that says, hey, I need you to do something, and then you're going to do it. But if that boss leaves the company, and now somebody else is the boss, and that old boss that used to be the boss <laughs> comes up and asks you to do something, it doesn't hold the same authority because he doesn't have that position anymore, he or she, right? right? So yeah. um, because they don't but have don't, the position. don't each of us have our own authority in our own, our own lives, and our own sphere? Is that, Absolutely. Is that – but that's not our it's it's been given to us by god but is it but do we do we hold that in our person or is that is there a position related to that i don't quite understand the question of being, well like you said the authority always resides with the position but if right if like the authority of my life is the position being a human created in the image of god is that a position or is that in my Person. Yeah, I, I would say it, I would say it is, but that authority is limited to that person. So, right. Um, right. yes, I have a I have a position of authority over my own life, but me as mm -hmm. a person, that authority doesn't then extend to your life, right? Unless there's a you get what I'm saying. Unless there's a position that's that's over both of ours, right? Right. Or unless we enter into an agreement together. Correct. With, Correct. By which we are subordinating our authority to the agreement. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. I'm tracking with you. I hope our listeners are. So, keep going. <laughs> yeah. So um, because, because authority is held by a position, um, there could be a person who's in authority who um, is functioning outside of the realm of that position. And it gets very complicated because um, to know when that's happening is not always clear, clear cut. Uh, I, I was mentioned to you, I, uh, the movie that came to mind and uh, forgive all the, all the Hollywood uh, references, but the, um, uh, the old movie Crimson Tide, it's uh, mm -hmm. Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman um, mm -hmm. in a submarine movie. And uh, the premise of the movie is based on just this, a complex predicament, right? Of who really has the authority because the submarine captain, right? Was going, uh, they're in a, in a nuclear submarine and, and, uh, they were, um, preparing for war. You know, there was a threat anyway, as the movie progresses, the, the captain of this ship, um, wants to wants to fire the uh the weapon and the xo of the ship uh does not think it's the right call and thinks that the uh captain has overstepped his bounds 
And mm. so then, you know, it's, it's like, was well, this mutiny or is this a proper relieving of command due to, you know, a, a personal vendetta? Anyway, it's, um, it's a great, it's a great movie because it kind of lets you into the EXO and the captain's way of thinking. And as you look at both of them, you see that they're both rational in their, mm-hmm. in their own train of thought. You know, it, it would make sense why the captain would see it this way. And it would also make sense why the XO would see it this way. And uh, I, I think that's one thing that I took away from the movie is I wish that we could be more um, <clears throat> like that as a society, that we could kind of see that the other side has a case. You know, um, mm-hmm. what what we have now is just a shut down the argument. Don't have dialogue. Um, the other people are wrong, whoever the other people are, like whichever whichever side you fall on. The other people are are um, ignorant, naive, fill in the blank, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And and so we don't we're not. A, society doesn't allow you to see any validity of how the other side could come to the conclusions they do. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that chips away at our unity where if, if we were to, you know, open up dialogue and, and really try to understand um, why the others see it the way they do, we'd probably be able to find some common ground that would bring us back to unity um, if we would approach it that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, the, there's, a, there's a crisis in authority, not just in, um, I mean, I think it, this applies to the governmental authority and, and those questions, but it also just applies to, like, who do you believe? Like, even just who who's who has the authority to speak on matters like experts almost are like to be an expert you pretty much just get discounted automatically just because you're an expert or something now (laughs) and it's like um whereas that might have been at one point you were uh you know held in high esteem because you went to school and studied a certain discipline but then now that's almost like you're suspect just because oh yeah well you've been ingrained with the uh exactly yeah each side has their experts and if you're an expert then then you're somebody who's really drank the kool-aid on the on yeah on on the one side side. right yeah right well yeah it's not always about it's not always sorry go ahead well no as as we talked about this cut and dry thing as, as far as the um you know like being subject to the governing authorities like for instance here in california you know i know you haven't kept up as much with uh what's going on in california but our our governor um has has uh you know called some emergency powers when we started the pandemic back in in march and and then has continued to um to extend those powers to make some pronouncements even most recently um you know changing us back to this purple tier, which means things are pretty restricted, as well as, um, you know, making uh, a curfew and some of these pronouncements about Thanksgiving and things like that, that have been the subject of a lot of a lot of discussion. And how would how would those if if people were truly, you know, thinking from a Christian perspective and trying to, you know, 
within the Romans 13 kind of context that you've talked about, like where it says Romans 13, one right. says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. There's no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, right. whoever rebels against the authorities, rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do will bring judgment on themselves. Now, right. in that context, it seems pretty pretty straightforward and clear, but there's you were saying there's still two different ways of viewing this particular situation through that lens. Right. Yeah, let's let's stop talking about movies and start talking about real life, what's going on. Is is the uh there's there's still room to see things i mean one one person could look at that passage and then look at the situation and say this is obviously what's going on here <laughs> and then another person could look at it and say this is what's obviously going on here and and have two extremely different conclusions so like for instance somebody could look at that and say hey the governing authority so yeah the governor right? <laughs> Governing authority. Um, God has allowed him to have that position. He said that we have uh, this rule. End of story. We're going to submit to the, the governing authorities, just like Romans 13 says, right? And so um, for somebody who sees it that way, it's there's no other way to see it. Um, whereas then somebody else might be looking at it and saying um, the authority that the governor is under, which, you know, would still be the Constitution, ultimately, right? Mm. That mm -hmm. uh, under under the Constitution, the government doesn't have the right, uh, or sorry, the governor wouldn't have the right to make such an order. And so now the governor, as a person, has stepped out from the the realm of authority that's held by that position. And so um, now he's the one who needs to be held accountable by authority. Uh, you know, so it's, it's almost like whatever authority you're appealing to, um, you could still, one side could see like, I'm just appealing to this authority. And the other one could be, I'm appealing to this authority mm -hmm. and, um, and feel completely justified that they are under authority, right? And come to two mm -hmm. different conclusions about what that looks like. And mm. and honestly, I wish I could say, so here's the obvious answer, it's this. And I can't, because I don't know. Mm. I really mm. don't. Um, I mean, and like I said, that's why it makes such great movies, because it really <laughs> is hard to determine <laughs> uh, when somebody crosses that line and takes authority that they don't have. And a lot of it's because, you know, depending on how you think of somebody as a person, you hope that their motive is right. Um, in the, I know I'm going back to the movie, but in the, in the movie, yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah. they okay. both kind of, they both kind of questioned the other one's motives, right? The, uh, the XO looked at the CO and it's just like, you're just hungry for war um, it's more about you and the valor that you want. Um, and whereas the, the CO looked at the EXO and is like, you don't even understand war. You want to have my position so that you can rewrite the book. You know, um, mm. and they were 
questioning each other's motives mm. when in reality it both wanted the the same thing <laughs> which is you know um uh for the striving to stop you know had mm. different ideas about what it was supposed to look like and how to get there mm. and um and so in the in the real world context here you know it's if you think about it everybody wants the striving to stop mm-hmm. and we got different ideas and the the world wants us to again um delegitimize is that, is that a word illegitimize yeah. w- whatever the right word is uh yeah the the motives the other person because of ill motive so right. like oh you know the the governor's only doing this because xyz fill in the blank at some kind of motive <laughs> to it right that that we're yeah. going to judge them by whereas somebody mm-hmm. else who who is not judging them in that same way is like well no obviously i'm i'm guessing that they want what's best for us and if everybody would just do this then we would all be able to be done with this striving sooner mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. And so um, one side looks at it one way and the other side looks at it the other way. And um, I, I think that when we're dealing with each other, I think something that would kind of diffuse some arguments um, and maybe even open up dialogue is just to allow each other to be human. You know, mm-hmm. um, we don't we don't have to have it exactly figured out. And you might say, well, like, okay, yeah, you know, we don't have to have it figured out, but we have to take action. It's like, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to what we were uh, talking about a couple of days ago, me and Utah, was that, you know, the the whole thing about when I'm when I'm doing something out of my conscience, um, mm-hmm. it, if I'm doing something out of principle, like, no, I... I won't do that um, out of principle. I won't do that. Well, anytime that I'm functioning out of principle, there's this implied judgment. There's mm-hmm. an implied judgment to the to those who disagree, right? Because if I'm doing something out of principle, it means that I believe that that principle is that's guiding me is is the right one, and <laughs> therefore, you know, the others therefore, are. Therefore, yours is the wrong one. Yeah. Exactly. And so there's a there's a level of judgment that's implied that automatically builds walls. When I say, no, I'm doing this out of principle. This is what I believe to be right. And I'm not even saying don't don't um, do that because it, it is good to work through what you believe to be right. But when we're talking with each other, the body of Christ, um, we, we have to factor in and even communicate to each other that it's not just that I won't out of principle it's that I can't out of conscience hmm. right um on the on the level of conscience it's there's room for I might be wrong but I can't not do this you know because it, I I might be wrong but I can't see it another way it's not that I don't believe there couldn't be another way. It's I don't see it, and so therefore I I have to I have to make this call 
while still leaving room for, you know, it, it's the humility aspect, right? It's still leaving room for, I could be off, but I, I just can't, I can't uh, do an, I can't do it another way. I have to do it this way. And mm. if we would just allow each other to be human in that, in that sense, like acknowledge that the other person is probably struggling as well. Not only the other person that you're having a conversation with, you know, who else is probably struggling? The governor himself, you know, oh, those that, in that's positions gotta be the worst job. That's like, gotta be the worst job. I can imagine. <laughs> I mean, for the first time in my, uh, in my career, I'm, I'm supervising a, a lot of people like directly and mm-hmm. um yeah the the weight of <laughs> the weight of that responsibility knowing that the decisions you make affect so many people it's it's heavy it's heavy yeah and, well, and um yeah for sure well, and that's because responsibility goes with authority right you absolutely only have responsibility or what you have authority to to change or to to correct correct you know over and so the more people that you oversee or the more you know in those areas you you yeah you carry a, a weight of responsibility for that and not for every aspect of their lives only with respect to you know the authority that you carry right that and that's where right. that's where I think the distinction you know about authority comes in because you know I, I think we all have you know, it's like the way Dallas Willard calls it a kingdom. You know, our own kingdom is our, the range of our effective will. What you have responsibility for and authority over, you're, you're the you know the king of. And it may just be you and your choices, but it may be your room or your car or your house or your business. But if you have a you know a, a position overseeing multiple people or businesses or a church or or a state or a city. Um, you know, there's there's different amounts of authority that you have in respect to certain parts of people's lives, um, and and you have to use that with with responsibility, right? Right. Uh, um, and, and, and we don't want to judge. We don't want to judge other people um, because I think that's what that's one thing our society is very quick to do, especially on social media or um, you know behind the protective lens of your of your phone or computer, whatever it is, you know, we, we, uh, we throw judgment out very, very quickly. And, um, whereas if you were to actually talk with the person, which, I mean, you know, we don't exactly have access to everybody in authority, but, um, Mm -hmm. acknowledging that they're human as well. And I, Hey, I'm, I'm right there with people who are, you know, like, Politicians are suspect. I, I I think that you know yeah, uh, you always it's like okay why does this person why is this person pursuing authority that alone is suspect that somebody's pursuing right. a position of authority because that means to me that they don't even understand what it is <laughs> right mm. so right right um, if, if you if you understood it, you what authority want. is you wouldn't be chasing after it <laughs> so um so right there it's suspect but even even so, even if there is legitimate concern that there's some kind of personal gain to be had by a decision, um, something like that, which you're going to find on either side of the aisle, either side of the fence, you're going to find, um, what's the word, like reasonable, 
um, evidence or you know just just like you're gonna you're gonna see like it could definitely be there um, some kind of ill motive some kind of personal gain it could be there but you got to think that person's a human and they have to sleep at night too you know and and so the struggle that they have um, is usually going to far outweigh whatever personal gain we're trying to attribute to their motive. And, and so um, to just be gracious with those who are in positions of authority, that's why God tells us to pray for them, you know, mm-hmm. because um, those who are in positions of authority, they, they have a lot of weight that they are, are carrying and uh, we need to be praying for them. And again, gracious, acknowledging that they're human and that they're, they're struggling through this. Um, and then if you can take the judgment out, well, now you can deal just with authority again, right? Now I can deal with just authority and say, mm. is, does this person actually have the authority to do this and base it just on that, removing all of the judgment of personal motives, right? Mm. Um, because that's what, right. The, that's what society is so quick to do is make it personal. I mean, even right. if you, you know, look at the elections and look at the, um, just the campaigning and everything it's, it's in, I mean, it, it's just a, a political strategy, right? You make it personal. You either want them to hate somebody or you want them to love somebody because those are going to motivate people to get out and vote. Right. So, mm-hmm. so there's a, an agenda to make it personal, uh, because then yeah. it takes the, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it, it stirs the hornet's nest so to speak, when Mm -hmm. you make it personal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you can, as a believer, you know, withhold judgment, because who am I to judge somebody else's servant, right? Mm -hmm. You you withhold that judgment, and then you can kind of base things just on authority. That's because when you mix the, the personal judgment in with trying to discern authority, it's gonna be even murkier. Like it's hard enough to discern authority as it is. But then you add the, right. the personal biases in there and the judgment, and now it's even even more difficult because you're trying to sift through that, which uh, for the most part is rumor, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, so let so let's bring this to the to the issue of how authority works in our country. You mentioned this, you know, that that one of the ways of interpreting, you know, Romans 13 and the position of authority is that the the constitution is the authority. And so whether we're talking about the president, whether we're talking about the governor, there's a constitution for the state of California that also comes underneath the constitution of the, the United States of America. And there are certain, you know, freedoms that are guaranteed by that and certain um, roles and responsibilities that are defined and the boundaries of those authorities are, are defined. Right. Um, Where does the authority come from like ultimately it comes from god but what's the path by which it gets to like the the highest authority is ultimately god but right what's 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 next in line and how did it get there at least in our well, particular yeah, when, country when we live in a very unique time in history because um a, a republic democracy like we have like a democratic republic that we have here is a is a very young uh concepts so to, i mean in comparison uh to to a lot of other forms of government so here in america 
as a citizen, I am, I am, uh, I have a unique voice of authority, not, not just alone, but as a, as a voice within the country. So yeah, it's, it's, um, I have a duty as a citizen to, to speak up, to protect the constitution, because the, the constitution is kind of that authority that we all agree on. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's checks and balances within the different, you know, branches of government so that that cannot be changed easily because it's not supposed to be just changed on a whim if there's going to be a change we all there needs to be a a large consensus uh, among everyone that's that's touched by it that it needs to be changed because we are a government um for the people by the people mm-hmm. right and, and right. so um <clears throat> we are in a position of authority as citizens and mm-hmm. and we have a duty uh to stand out I mean, I mean to speak up um, and preserve the preserve the authority, which is the Constitution that that we all um, submit to, right? And so, when anybody, it doesn't matter how far up the chain you're going, all the way to the president, right? From from governors to, I mean, from mayors to governors to um, presidents, um, mm-hmm. everyone has to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. to that same authority for us to have unity as a right. as a country and, and so it it's designed to <laughs> to stop tyrants dictators anybody that would try to wield the authority for their personal gain that's why there's so many checks and balances and us as citizens we are part of the checks and balances mm. I and mean, it's designed that way so right. we do have a, a unique role, whereas in the <clears throat> in the Bible, a lot of the passages where um, it's talking about, you know, if this happens, uh, just go with it kind of thing. That's written to a people who um, were in a form of government where they did not have a voice. They were not given a voice. Legally, they mm-hmm. didn't have a voice. And, and so right. the, the best option was. Like you can just appeal to God, um, which I, I don't want to say like the best option as if that's not always our option. That is the that is the option for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that structure, submitting to authority looked a little bit different than it does now, um, just because of the unique position of authority that we're given as citizens here in this country. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, there is a there is a unique difference. Right. Um, for the context that it's written in, but the principle still applies. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we have to submit to authority, but we have to realize that in this, we, we have a, a role in, of responsibility within that authority to act, to call out, um, to to hold accountable to mm-hmm. the authority that we all submit to. Mm. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the authority, it's, it's almost like... Um, I mean, this our our government was founded on this idea of God has endowed His creatures with inalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, whatever. But they the the idea that we have um, we have authority over our own lives, but we have covenanted together or come into agreement with one another through forming 
this constitutional republic or whatever, that, that we make a constitution that says how we're going to govern ourselves and that under God, there are people appointed to positions within that. Um, right. But ultimately, the, the authority comes from God, but through the people. That's kind of a, a government by the people for the people. That, and that's why that, that democratic process that people do contribute to making the decisions of how the government's going to be formed and who's going to lead it and how it's going to function. And um, yeah, it is, a, it's the unique, it's a unique thing that happened in our country. And it's, it's similarly the way that we function in our, in our church as a um, congregational church in that we believe that God lives in all the people and all of his people have a voice. And so all of the stakeholders, all of the members of the church vote to to select overseers who represent you know the the rest of the church and the day-to-day things who also select a pastor but even my authority as pastor i'm not like i'm not like the king and i just get to say whatever goes or i just talk to god right. and he tells me stuff and i just go do it even though you know i do talk to god and he does tell me stuff and i i but but i do that in concert with the overseers who have been appointed by the body and so there's a there's checks there's and balances an and there's there's agreement in, in moving forward and it's under a constitution of how we're going to operate together, you know, in a similar way. And so, yeah, which is just different than how a lot of people operate in thinking, Oh, well, you just, just do this, just, you know, just do whatever you want. It's like, we we don't really want that, but we want people to do that, but we don't like it when they do it. As long as they do it the way we like it, then we like it. I don't know. It's weird. Right. It, well, and, um, you know, just to point out, point out a thing. It's the um, <clears throat> how do I how do I say it? I'm I'm not I'm not trying to offend anyone um, by by saying this. So I want to be you know um, I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly so it comes across the way I mean it to. Is we can it's the easy thing to do to to not to not think it through, like to not try to discern for myself what is the right thing uh, to do. And mm-hmm. and it's, it's almost easier to just jump on the bandwagon of one side or the other. And then um, let the, like everybody else's, <laughs> you're just assuming that everybody else thought it through. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. you're going to go along with them. And uh, we, I would say that we have a duty, you know, to to think through it and to have conversations like this to talk about it, and um, and as a as a body, as a church body, you know, the body of Christ, really let Him lead in it, because if there's if there's unity in the Spirit, then when we're having these conversations, there should be some level of you know an agreement that's building as we all humble ourselves and start to you know lay down our our um preconceived ideas and be open to okay god you know help me to see this and and the other part of following god is it's not always about right and wrong and uh, i i I say that I'm, I'm, I know that can cause a whole lot of 
confusion. What I'm getting at is, it's not just about figuring out what the right thing is. It's about God, what do you want me to do in the midst of it? Like, that's the right thing, maybe in principle. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the right way to respond given this context, whatever it might be. Right. And, and so, um, so yeah, and it's, it's complicated. I, I think that's kind of the theme that keeps going around is it's complicated, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and you gotta be gracious with each other. Um, as mm-hmm. we, as we all try to come to some agreement about God, how does your body make a statement in this you know, give us a unity in this <laughs> that that is that we're unified around your response to this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. instead of what I think or what you think, like mm-hmm. God unifies around your response to this because it's it's how we respond that's going to be the the light to the to the world, to the watching world. Um, if they see us unified as the body of Christ in this is uh this is how we are responding. Mm-hmm. If if you look through scripture, well, if you let God lead you on how to respond, it's usually gonna be something that blows everybody's mind because it's not gonna fit into one of these neat boxes that each side is developing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like it's not gonna fit and it's gonna be obviously him. And that's what's gonna set it apart. And so mm. Yeah, if we have eyes to see, like, okay, God, let me move with you in this. Like, the spirit of Christ is is moving <laughs> in mm-hmm. this. I want to I want to mm-hmm. align myself in Him with you, and yeah. that we together, you know, can, um, you know, rise above the. I don't know, just the divided concept that is our culture yeah well let me let me take a a, a specific i don't know tact on this and and just address some I, I i back in the beginning of the pandemic you uh when we talked i think it was the first week you know back in march when we had decided to um you know, not meet on Sunday and to go online. Um, that first Sunday that we did that, um, we'd done that before, before the governor had said, um, you know, that we're going to close things down and order churches closed. Um, but you had said to me at the time, you said, we need to be very careful not to set a precedent with allowing, um, you know, the governmental authorities to have a say about what the church does or doesn't do because that that idea of um not making a law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or whatever in the, in the Constitution right. first amendment and just said you know be be careful what precedent you set and you know then right. you know we stayed um closed for a while and it became kind of this this battle and we didn't want to battle with the authorities we wanted to work together with you know, everyone, assuming that we're all trying to work through this and get um, through this pandemic together. But as as time went on, the, the, the continual changes in, I don't know, the, the, the rules, every time kind of the rules change, um, 
and then the, the ways that in some cases it, it's not been fairly um, applied to, to churches and businesses. Like, I, I mean, you hear about, I mean, there's actually a court case in San Diego where the churches had to be closed, but they were allowing strip, strip clubs to be open um, because it was their First Amendment right to be able to, to do that. And they had to do that indoors. And it was like, all of a sudden people started saying, okay, this is, where does, where does like, uh, I don't know, common sense being helpful end, and where does like, this is, there's something wrong about this. And, and so that tension has been in the church the whole time. And there's differences of opinion of, um, you know, what we should do or not do. And, and I think this brings us back to that question for like what you were talking about with conscience earlier, because there were some people who were saying, in good conscience, I can't go to a church that is going to um, let the governor uh, dictate what the church should do or not. Um, and then other people are saying, I can't in good conscience go to a church that's going to continue to meet if the governor said not to meet indoors. <laughs> and so it's like I, I, we've gotten to be an equal opportunity offender on all sides of this issue, right? Um, right. So anybody that's still with us has obviously got a lot of grace. <laughs> but but what is the uh, what is the the time when you can sort out uh, when what those when those boundaries of authority get crossed and when it's time to to say no and and how how do we differentiate the the, the authority in the church that's from Christ under Christ through the mediated through the body and the elders and whatnot or the authority that's in the the government and and where those lines yeah it's it's been a difficult question you know i i I wish that there was an easy answer and i mean you know obviously (laughs) you know better than most there's not um there's not an easy answer to it uh and what what makes it complicated is um you know nobody's going to overtly just go completely against something uh, when it's when it's written there in black and white in the law right mm-hmm. and so for instance to to say like i'm not i'm not saying that you can't meet i'm just saying for safety you can't meet inside right well now mm-hmm. now it gives me hesitation um it gives me hesitation like well okay is this is this reasonable or uh does it does it cross the line and um and i mean i i have obviously my my uh own opinions but um yeah i don't i don't want to really even talk about my own opinion because i don't i don't want the i don't want the well i guess <laughs> the point that that we need to keep coming back to is okay god lead lead us in in mm-hmm. just this moment like we look to you to lead us in the last one and that was that was what um that's where you led us last time i, I think some something too that we don't want to get caught lazy or you know being irresponsible of our duty before god and and our country right is mm-hmm. that right once Okay, we seek the Lord, and it's like, okay, I got this answer for the Lord from the Lord for now. But then we take that answer that was for then, and then we mm-hmm. continue to apply it just because, well, that's what he said. 
rather than continuing to seek him. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, easy thing would be like, no, I got my answer and it was hard to come to, and I don't want to have to go through it again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have to be diligent in seeking the Lord about, well, what does it look like now? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's, <laughs> it's kinetic, or I don't know if I'm using the word right, but it, there's, there's change. There's constantly new, um, there's new things involved now. So what was right at one point might not be right at the next point because it's not the action that's right or wrong. It's, am I letting God lead me? Mm -hmm. And the impact that he's trying to have, uh, the purpose that he has might be different in why he would have me do this thing at this point and that thing at that point. Right. Um, it, it, it could be, it could be different. So I, I would say that we have to be, um, diligent in continuing to seek the Lord and not just saying, I got my answer several months ago and now I'm, um, you know, there's no need to seek him anymore about it because he already gave us an answer. Well, that was for yesterday and today is a new day and Mm -hmm. every day, daily bread, you know, every day we, we come, uh, to him for what we need for today. And, And so, yeah, it's, it's complicated. Yeah, well, and and I and I appreciate you know, and I know when we've talked about this, that it is one of the challenges of trying to um, to lead people who are on different sides of an issue to to be able to act according to their own conscience and not just persuade them to do it, you know, because because if I push somebody to do something that violates their conscience, um, it, it 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 has a wounding effect to their soul. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a worse atrocity than uh, getting something wrong is if I'm, you know, trying to force somebody to go against their own conscience. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody should do that. You know, right. uh, I mean, even even in the military, you have the 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 room for the conscientious objector that can mm-hmm. that has a legal route out <laughs> because um, the government acknowledges we don't want people to to go against conscience. It's, it's just not right. Uh, that, that yeah. creates some kind of internal conflict for somebody that destroys them and yeah. who would want to do that to their own citizens. So, right. um, yeah, we want to, to, um, to act according to, to conscience and there's always new, um, new developments and that are going to affect our conscience in different ways. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I was, at the very beginning, um, we did talk, you know, I was concerned about the um, the precedent that uh, that could be set in um, in principle, you know, mm-hmm. and I encouraged church leaders everywhere that I knew, like, hey, this is a, a time to reach out to your governing officials as an ally to say, hey, mm-hmm. um, if you're looking for, you know, an advisor who uh, has a pulse of this portion of your population you know mm-hmm. um that i can i can tell you like yeah this that's that's going to create internal conflict for for these and this is why and for them just as advisors you know um and uh and i i know that uh yeah we, we don't always get an audience with them mm-hmm. they don't uh you know politicians don't always one advisors or they have advisors already. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, just for the, just for the church to be proactive about, um, look, as, 
citizens, <laughs> we want to be good citizens. And as a uh, Christian population, you know, just for your awareness to know how how it's going to be perceived by people who, you know, um, are followers of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I think that issue of conscience, like for me, it really helped me as I as I've been thinking about this when you kind of brought that to the forefront, and then we talked about Romans fourteen, kind of following after Romans thirteen. And that, um, you know, you kind of have the same issue of the, the differences between people that are keeping kosher and people that are not keeping kosher in the early church with the, the Jews and the Gentiles and some of the, the, right. the conflicted issues there. And, you know, all the stuff of what you said of why, you know, don't judge your brother and sister that everybody's, you know, don't judge somebody else's servant to their own master. They stand or fall. Um, but this issue of, of conscience that that we. Um, we need to have room to to let people live according to their conscience and not um, divide over some of these issues. And, and that's been one of the hardest things to do in the church in this season is to provide ways for people to to be able to operate where they're comfortable, not just where they're comfortable with the level of, um, you know, safety for, from the virus, but also from the level of safety from the um I guess from overstepping of boundaries by the government or by the church, uh, by anybody and, and on each other, because we all have to respect each other's boundaries. And it's been such a weird time of actually, you know, social distancing is like a way of enforcing saying, Hey, let's keep have better boundaries, but we've been violating each other's boundaries the whole time, you know, <laughs> between when people want to wear masks or don't want to wear masks or, or, you know, don't keep distance or don't, you know, and so um, trying to create options where people can, can worship um, and participate to the level that they feel comfortable is, is really what has led us to this approach of trying to say, we're going to, we're going to have in, indoor options. We're going to have outdoor options. We're going to have online options. We're going to make sure that they're all as safe as can be for, you know, within our control. And, um, and we're going to let people make their own choices. And that, you know, is where, you know, finally we've, we've come to in this, but even that's not easy because, um, yeah, cause it, 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 even even giving people choices feels like it's violating some people's boundaries. And so it just makes a, um, yeah, I, I'm just very thankful that I don't have to be in a leadership position where I have to lead alone and where I don't have like a group of people that are the overseers that are seeking God together and praying and that are, you know, have multiple perspectives and see things from different angles. And and I think in the, in the beauty of having that multiplicity of leadership is it, it helps us to maybe not be perfect for certainly not be perfect, but to at least be um, aware of the different, uh, you know, different perspectives and ways of seeing things and have to try to live together in love. Well, you know what, uh, this is just kind of shooting from the hip. I haven't really thought this all the way through, but a thought that's come to mind, um, you know, you talk about Romans 14 and, that is uh, talking about more of, you know, um, like personal interactions, you know, like if mm-hmm. I as a person am going to do something 
that's offending somebody else, well, then the easy answer is, you know, no, I'm not going to do it uh, because it's Mm going to offend somebody else. But that's as an individual, but from a position of authority, Mm -hmm. um, I'm taken to when, uh, and I'm trying to think, was it James and uh, Peter when they were talking with Paul? And like I said, I'm shooting from the hip here, so forgive me. We can go back and look at it later and mm-hmm. see if see if this is in line or not. But when they were talking as elders of the church, mm-hmm. and there was there was confusion about what should be placed on the Gentile believers. Oh right, right, right. And you remember this passage? And then uh, yeah, you know ask. they said that in the letter, this these are the only things. And they even gave the reason why, because these have been, you know, talked against, you know, from, uh, from, you know, days of old. So it, it was very broad in that context mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. what they were going to enforce as, as elders. And um, so when it comes to individuals, you know, sometimes we're, we're prone to hold positions of authority accountable to things that were given that really only work on an individual level, Mm. you know? Um, and so from a position of authority, I have to, I have to take a stance. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, and it's not always what's, what's just, um, best for this one person, right? Because in Romans 14, you're talking about if this person is offended by this, than me mm-hmm. as another individual person, I shouldn't do that um, because that's the whole transaction right here is me and this person, right? right. But <laughs> when you're in a position of authority where um, if you were to function on that individual uh, level, then <laughs> there's always going to be somebody who's offended. Uh, you, yeah. you can't, you cannot function in that um, person-to-person mode when you're functioning from a position of authority, you, you have to take a stance. And from that passage in scripture, it looks like it's normally a very broad stance that gives mm-hmm. a lot of leeway because individuals, <laughs> um, you, you're trying to make, make room so that people, wherever they are with their own conscience, you know, can, um, can, can find their place, uh, in it, and so I think, like I said, I'm kind of shooting from the hip, but I think there's precedent to in the scripture yeah. to say that you know when you're when you're functioning on an individual level, there's a, a standard of it's easy for me to give up what's um, <clears throat> best for me to do what's best for you, right? Mm-hmm. But in a position of authority, I'm not doing just what's best for you. I'm doing I have to do what's best for everybody under my position. Mm-hmm. I have right. to do what's best for everybody under my position. And so it it's going to be broader because of the broader context that it's being placed in. Right? right. I mean, and it's the same thing that you could look at, like uh, local laws are going to be a lot more specific than federal laws. Why? Mm-hmm. Because of the, the impact that that local law has is going to be very specific. Mm-hmm. Whereas the uh, impact that that federal law has has to be broader because it has to fit into a lot of different contexts. Mm. Yeah, and, and so 
that that concept is uh, at play when you're talking about individual believers interacting with each other and then church leadership um, mm-hmm. setting kind of the the course for moving ahead. Right. No, that's that's a great example of the difference in that. That's Acts uh, chapter 15, where sort of that council um, in Jerusalem happens, and that's a yeah yeah that's a great great example of that. Wow. Well, Jonathan, I uh, I could keep keep talking to you for a long time, and we uh, will continue, and we do that. But uh, I think we need to let these uh, podcast listeners off the hook and um, <laughs> sure. close this one out for this time, and we'll come back another time. I, I hope you'll come on again because you always have a lot of wisdom, and I always appreciate your perspective on things. Um, Thanks. Yeah, man, we're just just really thankful for you. Would you uh you have any parting words for the folks at uh, back home at Mountain View? <laughs> Be gracious with each other and uh and let's let's seek peace. Uh, that's in scripture everywhere. Seek peace with each other. Mm, and yeah. uh, if if we're making that our goal, then the other things that we're kind of standing on so firmly kind of become irrelevant because mm. we're seeking peace. You know. Yeah, uh, it, I, I think of the picture of like, uh, in this, again, shooting from the hip here, but like one pier and then another pier with a body of water in between. It's like, no, come to this pier. No, come to that pier. But then if there's somebody drowning in the middle, hopefully we both jump in the middle to save them. You mm. know? And it would be less mm-hmm. about which pier uh, we end up on and rather did did we all get there safely together you know mm-hmm. yeah so be gracious with each other and know that it's more complicated than than our society would make us want to think it is and uh mm. yeah i think that'll do do a lot for building unity in the body and that will give us a voice in the in the world you know mm. that's good well thank you jonathan and um Thank you, everybody, for listening and joining us. Uh, please feel free to share this podcast with people. And if you've never written a review, uh, go on wherever you listen to it and write a review. It helps other people find us and get the word out. And uh, God bless you. We'll be back next time. See ya. Yeah.